0: Lala, and she talks for another episode of Two Girls and a Mike. Mike, 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 Girls and a Mike. Mike, 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 Girls and a mic. Mike, 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 Girls and a Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike. Talking of Mike, <laughs> have you been watching Love Island? Listen. I just want to say that yesterday. I don't believe him. That's what I'm <laughs> Can I just say that's... yesterday. It was the same. I don't believe it. Yesterday, after that dancing yeah. thing where he had the whole of his bum out. Somebody, somebody put put two pictures <laughs> side to side. One was Mike with his bum out, <laughs> entitled Ghanaian Men," and one was Obi with <laughs> his chest. I saw that. Oh. Nigerian Men. I was Listen, like, I was seeing. I tried to tell like, you. <laughs> you, know, comparisons on Twitter all like all week. they have been happening, <laughs> and I thought, oh, Nigerians, man, you lot are wicked. Why are you? You're the Ghanaians <laughs> alone. But when I saw the twerking, I was like, do you know what? Let me back yeah, out of and it's you know, do you know do you notice how Nigerians will just come from nowhere? <laughs> <laughs> Are we even talking about Ovi this year? <laughs> now come and start doing comparisons. That was funny, that was funny. That was so funny. All in all, um, I'm I'm not really connecting with this season, so we're not going to go too much into it. So what's been going on, La? So um, I've just been like trying, as I was saying to you guys, I stretched out my belly beyond all recognition. Oh gosh, yeah, I saw it, I saw the proof. So it's gone down now. I have to say I've dropped like four pounds already. That's amazing. And I have done it without even trying, I've literally just cut out a lot of the crap. Yeah. I've been eating. Yeah. Just moved about a little bit more. Yeah. And that is it. See? And, um, and God has the, blessed these me. These are the expert words of the yeah. fitness gurus. Telling you, man, it's move not even like big cut out the differences. Crap. It's just cut the cut the shit, basically. And just move around more. And that's it. That's it. it. Um, I want to say I've been blessed with some amazing clients. Um, shouts out to Marvin and Nina. They have um signed up to me. Um, Nina is actually amazing. Like I have to big her up. She's been an amazing client. Marvin, a lot we're
1: gonna, of work to do. We're gonna
0: work on you, Marv. We're gonna yeah. work, but no, he's been great as well. So I'm really um, happy yeah. that they've. And so for up. all you lot that don't know, Marvin mm. and Nina are the husband wife duo behind Dope Black dope, Dads. Yeah, Dope, dope Black, black dads, dads and Dope Black Women, and they're just out here doing amazing stuff for yeah. like you know black. Black um, men and women who are parents and kind of being a great kind of platform for the you know for us or when I say us people who have children who are black yeah and you know need a little platform and And speak about yeah man and they're doing an amazing job I'm very proud of both of them so the fact that they've signed up to me and everything is Mm. great I'm loving it so yeah yeah. Um, one thing that wasn't that great and I don't know who runs their Twitter okay (laughs) but let's not try and make black privilege a thing they retracted it anyway. The person who tweeted it retracted it and that was good to see. And they also realised that they shouldn't have doubled down. They should have just retracted sooner. Because, you know, as Kelechi said, shout out out to Kelechi, friend Mm -hmm. of the show, words mean things. Yeah, we've got to be careful. And we're just not at that stage where we can start, look at what's happening to Harry and Mm -hmm. Meghan. Yeah, I mean. Let's not start getting ahead of ourselves (laughs) just yet. Black privilege. Because she's like white person and like, you know, she don't and even have black she, pri- privilege, then us who are of, you know, two black parents. So let's just be realistic yeah. about where we are. Mm. But as I, I said, would say the privilege in being black is that, you know, you have amazing melanin and things like that. And skin like don't that. crack. And then, yeah, you know, if you want to talk about it from that angle, yeah. then go ahead. But in yeah. terms of society and the power structures and stuff like that, unfortunately, it's not there. Nah. Let's not let's not fool yeah. ourselves mm. or create a, 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 um, a false narrative. A false narrative that it is there just then. But anyway, moving on. So um, one of the things, one of perhaps a, a major reason why we should, um, well, I guess you know, the world is definitely not. Um, giving black people privileges Mm -hmm. is uh, when one looks at the legal system in America. And to a certain extent as David Lammy's, I think it was 2017 or 18 report found over here, there is um, complete um, and clear uh, imbalance in the way uh, black people are treated within legal systems. And the legal system is obviously one of the major pillars of society mm-hmm. so um we i know i watched the film and i, I didn't realize but you watched it separately yeah. um lo, last week it was last week yeah right? it was last week last week we watched a preview of the film just mercy which stars michael b jordan jamie fox, 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 fox. um and it's about the story of a um well it's it's, it's I shouldn't say it's a it's the story of a lawyer because in fact it's the story of his work. Brian Stevenson, who is an a, an attorney, um, who was from Delaware, he went to Harvard's um, law school and then went to practice deep down south in um, Alabama, where obviously racism um, is was rife, and, and to be quite honest, still is rife. And it told the story of um, a man, Willie something, I can't remember his name at the moment, oh but he, Walter MacMillan, thank you. And he had um, been accused of killing a young white woman. And he, he was tried and he was found guilty, essentially on the word of a white convicted criminal who gave testimony against him in 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 return for some kind of favour for himself. And that was enough for uh, Walter Macmillan to be convicted. Mm. Convicted, the jury then said the sentence should be life. The judge overruled that and then imposed um, the death, death penalty, penalty on yeah. him. And so he spent six years, I think it was, on death row. And Brian Stevenson was a lawyer who came in and took his case and... Um, Overturns that conviction, took it to one of the highest courts um, in the land in America, and overturned the conviction. But you see the story of how that happened and the struggle and the resistance mm. against um, justice. And I think the "just" in the title of "Just Mercy" is is not in, in, in as, in just, as in just as in only. Yeah. It's more just as in a reference <laughs> to justice. Mm. So um, I found the film very impactful. Very, very impactful. As I said before, I before I saw the film, I'd heard of the account of this particular case because um, Brian Stevenson had been interviewed on a podcast that I listened to called Criminal um, a while back. Um, and I found it really interesting, but also horrific hearing about the case, mm. but even still knowing what was about to transpire Watching it in action, I still found really, like, devastatingly horrific. Mm. Um, so what did you, how did the film, like, affect you? What did you think of it? Okay, so I watched it mm. and I actually remember um, messaging Ace because I know he was about to watch it as well. And I was like, I didn't like it. Mm. And one of the reasons that I didn't like it is that I didn't actually believe um, Michael B. Jordan as the character. He was playing um Brian Stevenson. Yeah. Um also I as, that I, as well. Actually. Yeah. So I also as well, there's a lot of other kind of um other kind of movies that I've seen where it's about somebody who has been um falsely accused of a crime mm. and then obviously they're either in jail for a long period of time or they're mm. going to um death row. And I always feel like with films like that, it's like Okay, what angle are you gonna take from that? Why? Mm. How does it? How do you separate yourself from being like the last film that I've seen yeah. that is just like that? And I don't know if it's because of Michael's character where I was like underwhelmed. It's like I feel like I've seen this before. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, I know that you were saying when we were talking of there that you thought it would have been better as an actual documentary with just um, Brian Stevenson to kind of speaking about his experience and how mm-hmm. he went through the whole process. And mm-hmm. I and when, when you said that, I think actually, mm-hmm. I think I would have appreciated it more yeah. like that than a movie, because yeah. sometimes with movies, it's like they want to. Movies are entertainment, mm. so they have to kind of make format it in the way that, you know, we're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, like mm. you know, we can't be bored and everything, but there's certain things that I kind of wanted from it that maybe a documentary would have given it a little bit more in depth. Yeah. And I think that that was missing. Yeah. What I will say is Jamie Foxx is friggin' amazing. He, hit the ball out the park. he just like just blew like his character was just absolutely amazing he played so jamie and, fox played walter McMillan, yeah who's the on accused. the accused and yeah. just fantastic sometimes i have to watch myself with jamie fox because i'm actually a huge huge jamie fox fan so yeah. it's like i need to put my love to the side for yeah. that and actually watch this critically but actually thinking about it and kind of I think the reason why the film actually held me for as long as it did, because mm. I was actually waiting for Jamie to come on mm. and play play his role. Mm. So if I have to give it a mark out of 10, I'll probably give it six and a half, maybe six, six and a half. That was it. But I think, yeah, Michael, I just, I think he was the wrong person to play that role. Honestly. Yeah. And this is the thing. I love (laughs) michael b jordan i love him too just uh, you know just not for this particular role that's us i really do saying that yeah we love michael b jordan and then i saw him in this role and i just wasn't with it Mm. he just i didn't believe it and i thought i thought that it was because when way back when i had listened to Um, the episode that I was talking about of of the criminal podcast called Just Mercy. It's episode 47, if anyone wants to check it out. Um, I had found out about Brian Stevenson Mm -hmm. and then I'd gone to do research about him Mm -hmm. and then I'd watched things to do with him, interviews, da 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 And, you know, he's been involved in the Equal Justice Initiative down South in America and just finding out about them. So I'd seen... Clips of him, yeah, right? yeah speaking and 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 indeed before we watched the movie at least Kim Brian Stevenson, Jamie Fox, and Michael B. Jordan were on stage for, for mm. an intro talking about the film, which was great um but I thought it was because I had not known but seen Brian and and had an assessment of him the way he talks the way he moves, etc mm. that's why I wasn't buying into now. Michael Um, Michael B. Jordan but then I felt like oh maybe for other people who maybe hadn't had that experience who hadn't done that pre-reading shall we call it they still might have connected with Michael's character but it was funny that coming out of it and speaking to a couple of people who had been in the same um screening as myself they said the same thing Mm. Michael just didn't just didn't do it in that movie, and they didn't, they didn't um, connect to him as a character, and they didn't believe him as a character. And I was like, "Wow, mm. funny that," because obviously, when we spoke about it, I've yeah. never heard of um, Brian Stevenson before. And the minute I said to you, "I didn't believe his character," you were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that, and yeah. you're somebody who is well informed about who this man is. Right? I yeah. Just so for it. me to say that says a lot, but says Jamie a lot. Thought- I love that man, honestly. Just, he, he smashed it, didn't yeah. he? Out the park. Really and, was amazing. And I think I think as well it was clear <laughs> for me to see, even on an acting level. So forget that I'm saying, oh, I didn't feel that Michael was a great casting mm. for, for, for Brian Stevenson, which is one factor. But even on a acting skillful level Putting Jamie and Michael in the same scene—I'm mm. sorry—you mm. could see who was the the real actor. Mm. I, I shouldn't say real. I don't mean that. I don't want to be disparaging. More seasoned, like For Jamie's been doing. How old? Jamie's like f- he's uh, fifty-two. Yeah. Now he's been doing this what since? early 1990s so, 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 you so know what? maybe that's what it is then mm, maybe he's won an oscar like he won, won it for ray like he's like played in a as, in ray. um a supporting act in the muhammad ali film opposite will smith so yeah. this is somebody who's acted alongside yeah. giants yeah alongside tom cruise i yeah. oh, won't get into that um yeah. just you know he's he's that is, a, that is a seasoned yeah. actor, do you yeah. know what I mean? And also he's a character actor, because if you remember, Jamie does impressions, yeah. like on the spot, Yeah, Barack Obama, like yeah. knocking him out of the park, just yeah. straight off the top of the dome. But the thing is, we didn't necessarily hear or see mm. that Jamie had interacted with the real Walter McMillan. Mm. So... I followed this new page recently on um, Instagram. Let me try and find it. But it, it was, it, it it shows clips of films um, alongside the screenplays. Right, of them. right. And oh. then yeah, sometimes you can like, sometimes they go into like the director's notes and stuff like that, which, you know, obviously I find um, interesting, fascinating. And um, it was talking, it showed a bit where Jamie was in a scene as Walter MacMillan, um, and him talking about this particular scene mm. and, you know, where he got the emotion from. And it was clear, actually, did I see that then or did I see that when he was talking? I, I might be mixing up my memories, but it was clear in any event when he was talking about how he came to act out this scene mm. that he packaged emotions from... From 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 experience, from mm. thinking, you know, he was talking about when he'd been handcuffed, mm. Mm. and one of the guards said to the other, "Make his cuffs tighter because he's a big one." Mm. You know that dehumanizing way that you know you, you you hear in in that that police officers, prison officers can right. talk yeah, about, yeah, yeah, black like men, you're you just know, animals and stuff, yeah, like yeah, pretty much. Um, and he he packaged how he felt hearing that and he took that into another scene so I just feel like he's just a great Mm, actor mm. right he's just a Mm. great actor and so yeah maybe maybe it's unfair to compare Michael B. Jordan with him but at least well then maybe at least Michael B. Jordan's got something to grow into Mm. because honestly when I saw him in this I just wasn't. Mm, I wasn't. Because even like, even if I go back to like Black Panther and we obviously we all watched the movie we saw him play Killmonger. It was Mm. like, this was the perfect role for you. Perfect. Just felt it like, just physically as well. Yeah. Like that's just the whole thing. It's yeah. like, it, it made sense. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you're transitioning from that into something that's entirely yeah. leagues away yeah. from that now. Yeah. In so comedies, I yeah, was amazing yeah. As well. yeah, exactly. So clearly, you know, when it comes to physical roles, yeah. that's something that he's great at. Yeah. Um, now it's something that's got nothing to do with physicality at all. Yeah. So now I feel like, um, a, the aspect of, A different kind of strength that Mm. was needed wasn't actually there in his acting, and it didn't jump out to me at Mm. all. I was like, I'm watching Michael B. Jordan play Michael B. Jordan, Mm. not him transitioning into another character, Mm, and mm, that's why mm, I say I didn't believe him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know, I have to say I agree with you. I watched um, another interview with Jamie in the, like the press run that he, they were doing for this as well. And I think it was similar to what you're saying in regards to the story he was telling about the handcuffs. Mm. And um, he was talking about the fact that obviously he's from down south, I think mm. he's from Texas. Mm. so obviously this case happened in mm-hmm. one of, you know, the the Southern states have a mm-hmm. history of like, you know, really like just awful racism. Mm-hmm. And um, he was saying that here, his dad was apparently arrested for, I think stealing something that was worth like $25. Yeah, no, he had drugs on him worth yeah. $25. And they sent him to jail for like seven years. Mm-hmm. So like he was, I think it was on Graham Norton and he was yeah. telling this story and like, you could see like he was close to tears and he was like, this was my my dad, like he was my everything, taught me how to play ball, taught mm. me how to basically be a man. Yeah. And he was, I had to kind of take that energy as well into playing mm. the role to, you know, to a man that is, you know, wrongly accused. Yeah. And he just felt like, you know, I was able to take that with me. So I'm like that kind of experience as well is going to go against somebody like Michael, who's literally just like, how old is he? Like, early know. 20s? No, he's older than that. Older than that? Yeah. Near, maybe, near maybe, 30? Let me check. I would have said he's at least mid-30s. Um, yeah. Whatever yes. the case may be, he's leagues younger than um, Jamie. So, you, they, you know, so like we said, we, you know, we mentioned the age thing as well and just, you know, Jamie being seasoned, but, you know, he's got all of that to kind of pull onto, which is probably making it easier for him to kind of get into that role. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that was... It's 32. 32, okay. Mm. So compared to Jamie, he's a, he's a bit of a pup then. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, but um, he wasn't terrible. I don't want everyone going away thinking, oh God, it's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a It to, really to, wasn't. To, it was just the type of film that it was, it needed a meatier kind of person to play that role. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to agree with you. And I just think, as with all things people should still go out and see it. Yeah, Not just Oh, definitely because. now. Because do you remember we were talking about the fact that there are a lot of convictions of people who've been placed on death row yeah. that are now being overturned? Yeah. Like, when I say a lot, like, how many... What was the number that we... They that said we, one in nine. One in nine, which is just massive. It's like the Innocence Project, which is a, another project that I think only operates in America, maybe Canada as well, where it's um, basically just an organization that will literally pick up certain cases where the evidence is just shoddy as hell Mm. and they will um, try to get that either retried or Mm. get it thrown out of court and apparently the numbers have been really high at the amount of um, um, convictions that have been overturned. You hear about these cases that have been given, you know, millions of pounds in, you know, in um, what do you call it? it Sorry, compensation? yeah, compensation because the evidence was just so just awful, and it just makes you think. It's just like you really, this this justice system, well, it's that not you, just. it's not even justice. It's just I don't even know what it is. I just think it's the modern day, modern day kind of slave. Slave trade, I think, you know, the jails in America are full of um, young African-American men, well, old ones as well, because obviously they've been there for time. Mm. And um, they only make up like 13% of the entire population. But I think in the prison system, they maybe make up what 75%, which is just astronomically just just disgusting. Mm. So you can see why, you know, the the, uh, organization like the Innocence Project is actually um, necessary, Mm. you know especially in regards, as we said, to a lot of these Southern states that are steeped, steeped in racism. Because one of the things that, for me, just, yeah. was, just was, was so outrageous watching the film was that there was a stage, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone. For anyone I don't know if this is really a spoiler, mm. but, you know, listen or don't listen, or <laughs> fast forward. But anyway, there was a stage when it was so clear mm. to everyone and anyone I mean, it was always clear, but there was a stage where it was irrefutable that um, um, Walter Macmillan was was not the person Mm. who'd committed the murder. But people were so entrenched Mm. in keeping him, not just in prison, but knowing that he was going to be killed Mm. by the state in prison. Mm. And all thoughts of, as you said, justice... Which is not just you do something, you pay for it. Justice is also for the losers in any mm, scenario. Mm. So in this case, the family of the, the deceased, but also the deceased. Mm, mm. It has to be, they must also be factored into yeah, justice. Yeah, because it's like, so you it don't have the any... person that killed your loved Thank one. Thank you. So they've just literally just given you any, any and anybody and be like, there you go, have that. And the point we is, can't do our jobs when properly. When they're strenuously upholding that. Wrong and under strong. What, under what system? <laughs> mm. uh, do, do, like literally under what system? What is the point of you upholding it? So the reason you're actually upholding it is because you detest this man's colour. Mm. You don't care about him as a human but that means you, you this is not even part of justice this mm. is some this is some other mm. flex that you're on you're on some different flex here yeah well the prison complex is like it's a business as well like you know they have inmates in there making things for like um for companies that we all buy and you know things that we take for granted that we would never know it's probably things like screws like screw on like you know the the parts to the microphones that we use or Mm. you know just just things like that so this is it is a huge business so if they start oh no it's okay you can go home you're innocent blah 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 then their business is messed up they're in the business of making sure that those prisons stay full Mm. and who are they gonna um Pick on the most, the ones that are most vulnerable, and it tends to be poor, working class minorities that they're going to target. Mm. So they're, they're, that's where we're at. So it's great that this this film has kind of come out at the, this time because I know there are huge, massive campaigns, mm. like I said, going on to kind of like you know, illust- this film kind of illustrates what's going on right now. So yeah, and I hope yeah. I hope. I, like you said, what's going on right now and has been going on. Mm. And one thing I did hope for was that, um, it would at least open people's eyes that were in there that wouldn't know about it. Mm. And, you know, some people might say, Oh, well that's America. But you might (coughs) notice that in this show, we talk about things that go on a lot of the time in America, Mm. a lot of time, um, in, in other parts of the world. And that's because actually I think capital B black, Mm. if, if if you're not of understanding that we are yeah. one and we are all the plights <clears throat> of us in Africa, the plights of us in America, the plights of us in Southern America, the plights of us here mm. are co joined, yeah, by the same. Well, it happens here, here as accident. well. Like we're only what well, we're three percent here of the population, but yet a quarter of the male prison population is full of full of black black men. Mm. So what does that say to you? That means we're overly policed. Mm. Unless you think, you know, unless you're somebody that thinks that we're inherently evil and that 3% needs to, there needs to be a quarter of us in in the prison system. What does that that say? And that's what I mean. That's the link between it. So Mm. um, there uh, there was a part in the film, actually, just to wrap up. There was a part in the film where the audience, uh, a certain contingent of the audience, yes, they were, started clapping about something. And then mm. afterwards, me and some mm. other people that had, like I said, some other people that have been in there, we hadn't been sitting together, but we spoke about that moment in the cinema. Like, mm. why are you clapping for basics for? Mm. Why are you clapping for basic humanity for? Even that you're clapping, you're like, why are you celebrating <laughs> that? Sure, okay, that should have been your starting point. Mm. Like, ugh, when we looked at it, we were just like, don't mind them, Jared. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that's just Mercy. Mm. Mm. Um, another thing that people have been viewing mm. and talking about are, um, I haven't seen them yet, but apparently there are more episodes to the Su- surviving R. Kelly series. Yeah. Um, have you seen them? The yes. episodes Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen these ones, but these ones I am actually interested in watching. Not mm. that I wasn't interested in watching the other ones, but you guys may remember that I said in a previous episode that I just didn't want the the emotion of, the it. Yeah, of it i wasn't i wasn't ready yeah. for it i can yeah. you know there's some things that i'll just say no to visually mm. and you know listening to because it does have a traumatic effect mm. um so it's, you know i think part of self care is being able to say actually not for me mm. i can engage in conversations about it because i know enough about some <sighs> of the facts and the issues that are inside those programs but i don't want to see the traumatic retelling of certain scenarios. So anyway, more um, episodes, you've seen them. Yeah. And, um, give us a quick, quick being the operative word breakdown (laughs) of what these episodes are. All right. So this, these, these episodes here, now we obviously we've had the first season. Mm. Now this is the aftermath of the first season, which is why they've able to do four more extra episodes. Right. So the fallout of what everybody was saying about, you know, the, um surviving R. Kelly the first time round. Yeah. And also we get to see um Dominique Gardner, who is the girl who we all kind of watched frantically, seeing her mum chasing her yeah. and trying to trying to get to her and trying to, you know, rescue her pretty much. So Dominique obviously she's out now. Mm-hmm. Um she's pregnant as okay. well. Not for R. Kelly, for somebody else. Mm. Um her sharing her story and um It was just the saddest thing. So we get to see that from her. We also get to hear more from psychologists and kind of legal um, experts and people who've been like writing about R. Kelly for decades and just had bags and bags of testimonials, like evidence. Like it's just beggars belief. Yeah, it beggars belief how Mm. he hasn't been in jail from ages ago. Even outside of you know the original. tape mm. that he went to trial for mm. like the ma- I i i can't remember a time in history where you've had this many people mm. um close to an individual mm. with first-hand evidence mm. or testimonials if you want to call them and nothing has been done mm. It's wild to me. I'm just sitting there like, sweet Jesus. Do you know what? That's a perfect storm of though? Mm. You know, in America, money really is king. Yeah, and I'm not saying it can't happen here, but I'm saying mm. America is the perfect brew for that mm. because money and power is respected over anything. You can do anything, anything. Yeah. But when you've got money, and we again, it's something that we've commented on this show before. Like for example, when we talk about. Comments that we've seen on social media. Someone mm. will say, "Oh, this person, how could they do?" Duh, 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 duh. Mm. Then somebody else, one foolish donkey, will come and comment, <laughs> "Yeah, but at least they're they're still richer than you." Mm. And if, that seeing that comment made in so many different variations, in so many different scenarios, let me know that in America there is certainly a mindset of, mm. "If you ain't got money, you ain't got shit." Cash rules everything. Like, yeah, me. pretty much that you're just worthless. And if you have yeah. got money. Then it it, 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 it it covers all Everything, kinds of scenes yeah. or whatever. Mm. It kind of elevates you above your 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 mess. Mm. So um, I can believe why it will it was it able to go on so long with our parents? I mean, they, they also spoke about, you know, after the aftermath people were like, oh yeah, he may have been, he may have been wrong, but you know, the parents, the parents this and the parents that. So they kind of covered that and they they more or less said, you know, you know, we weren't surprised at the fact that a lot of people were like ready to jump on the parents and everything. But what they were trying to show you is that, you know, Um, R. Kelly is almost like he got smart after the the first trial Mm. and rather than kind of going for girls that were like 13, 14, Mm. he he kind of targeted girls who were like 17, 18, who were like just on the cusp Mm. sort of thing. So at that point, the argument then becomes, okay, well, they're adults then, Mm. you know. There's like, leave them alone, blah, blah, blah. And what the parents are trying to say is like, we didn't raise our children Mm. that way. We didn't, that's not, you know, the the things that she was saying and doing, like they were doing, they were lying to their parents essentially Mm, because because they're being you know, because they're being kind of brainwashed. R. Kelly's telling them, I'm going to make you a star. I'm going to give you a singing career. I'm going to do this. And when you're like 16, 17, 18, yes, you're an older teenager approaching adulthood, but you're still a child. Like your your brain still hasn't fully developed yet. This man is operating with a mind of a 40-year-old, a 50-year-old. And you compare that to a young girl who is 16, 17, 18, they're not going to win in that battle. And it's appalling that people should say, oh, they're, you know, they're now above the age of consent or they're now adults. Because I just think once you get to like, let's say 30, right? Mm. And R. Kelly was older than 30 in those scenarios. But just take, take yourself at, at 30 and then you think back to, remember being you, in that I, I, final year of high school, mm. right? And you thought you thought you were so adult and then think now when you get to 30, you mm. look back and you realise, I'm a child. Yeah. I was a child. I, now think about when you see kids on the bus. Mm. Even if they're year, what are the top ones now? Year 10s or yeah, 11s yeah. or year 12s, if it goes up to that. They're still, you look at them and mm. you say, these children. <laughs> yeah, people just look at them physically and like, oh... You know, you just so, yeah, you can't just hear the number and say, oh, because they're above the age of consent or because they've turned into young adults. That that is it. That Mm. sanitizes everything. And it's just like even in the realms of law, like sometimes when you're when you're mitigating and advocating on behalf of children who um, may have committed offences, you know, some judges now will take into account and, and you're bound to say to them, listen, just because, you know, your client turned moved from a 17-year-old to an 18-year-old where 18 is seen as adulthood. It's not yeah. just a jump off a cliff. It's not just on the, the, the day of your 18th birthday, suddenly your brain just clarifies, you just start seeing things in, you know, adult sense. Yeah. That's not you that like You're still learning, you're still growing. Like, you have to remember as well, when them girls were like 17, 18, like at this point prior to the first trial, that's probably like a whole, probably 10, 15 years have gone by since then. In the space of that time, pretty much everyone's not forgotten, but it's like, it's not hot news anymore. Mm. So R. Kelly's still been able to make music. Mm. He's still been able to do tours and concerts and Mm. things like that. One of the girls, like, I think they, most of the girls actually even met him at a concert or at some sort of musical performance, mm. and then I think what they would they would do what a lot of stars do is like pull them up on the stage, you make know, feel special. yeah, make them feel special, and then they go backstage, and before you know it, that's when it all starts, and then he gives them their telephone his telephone number, mm-hmm. and then it's just a slow downhill, to, you know, mm-hmm. just track to hell basically. Mm-hmm. So it just um, so yeah, they spoke about that. They also um, like I said sp- focused on the the young girl, um, Dominique, who, sweet Jesus, oh God. Have you ever looked at someone, you're like, you're you're just soulless. Mm -hmm. Like you can just see all the innocence in her, whatever she had prior to her meeting that man, is gone. Mm. It's just gone. And even if she speaks, it's very stoic. It's Mm. like very matter of fact. Mm. And I don't know if you remember at one point, um, or there was a rumor that um, initially when they had met, she had long hair. Very girly looking. And then as the, you know, as the kind of months and years went by, she had cut her hair. She looked more like a boy. Mm. Um, her mum was saying, like, by the time I met up with her, she dropped to something like 95 pounds. Mm. She cut off all of her hair. She was wearing hats and T-shirts and stuff like that. So they had asked her about that. Like, you know, there's a rumour that R. Kelly wanted you to look more like a boy. And she's like, I don't want to talk about that. Hmm. She just... So we don't actually know. We'll never know the truth behind that because she's not addressed it. Mm. But um, she's just like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Mm. So they moved on and started speaking about something else. But um, One of the interesting things I think that was good to be covered in this series is the thing that you touched on, which is um, hearing from experts Mm. who um, are knowledgeable in, I guess, people's reactions to abuse. Because I think sometimes um, people can just assume how they think a person should react Mm. if they're abused or if they've been manipulated or if they've been groomed, shall we say. And, you know, there are experts in this field who will say that just because maybe someone does this Mm. doesn't mean that they're okay with it. And Mm. then there's the whole issue of, we've spoken about, you know, children and a young mind, but the effect of that on what seems to be consent. Yeah, yeah. Is it consent? Mm. Because consent means informed consent. Mm, mm. It's, it's implied that it means informed consent. Because if I dupe you about something and then you agree to do that something, yeah, that's, that's not, not actually consent. You're yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've been duped about some of the material facts of the scenario. So, um, one of the things that we kind of like asked ourselves, and it was to do with having heard our. Um, brother podcasters talk about it on their show was mm. whether there was any further need for these new episodes because some people maybe were thinking oh they're just ringing it dry yeah. now they're just going you know oh board now we've had the first <laughs> few episodes leave it now we get the picture mm. he's in jail he's facing a trial why the need for more so do you feel like actually these new episodes did cover new and more importantly important grounds yeah because what what this actually showed this whole documentary both seasons is that we are still as you said hugely ignorant to the patterns of sexual abuse and sexual assault and mm. predators and how they work mm. the mere fact that you can suggest that these girls were just fast that's why it happened or it's the parents fault that's why it happens like every excuse under the world, under the sun rather than blaming the actual individual that's been yeah. moving mad out here yeah. for 30 plus yeah. years it's like how many more years do you need in order to realize this is wrong mm. it would be like me like if you were like a, um someone who is in the public like, like for instance ace mm. like Ace in the public eye. Mm. Let's say I had a a, a daughter who wanted to get into radio and I'm like, oh, she's like 12, 13. Oh, let me just bring her to Ace. And I go to Ace. "Mm, Ace, you can, whatever you want to do. As long as you get her on the... As as a person with their own mind, who's a big, big man, Mm. he's supposed to be like, get out of here with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, But for mm -hmm. some reason, it's almost like people will excuse the perpetrator and be like if that were even the yeah. story of the parents saying right. but that's but, my daughter but that's, do with her as you but will but this is it but the implication yeah. of what people are saying is mm. that these parents are giving their daughters mm. a way to R. Kelly like that yeah. so therefore it's their fault yeah but so even, like, if, even if they did do that right why ain't he stuck but exactly <laughs> he, him as the adult can be like what, what move the hell? Like, yeah. <laughs> with your pink, like do you yeah. understand what I'm saying yeah. and then not to say that I'm sure there are parents out there that will happily just turn a blind eye because they think they're gonna, you know, get a check, blah, blah, blah. But the at the end of the day, the man is responsible for his own actions and he's been doing it for a long, long time. Imagine apparently there's more tapes out there. Yeah, I heard that too. This trial is gonna start probably I think in spring, in Mm -hmm. April Mm. and all of you lot yakking, yakking away, when they start reeling out receipts, I want to hear what you've got to say, because the latest now is that Jeffrey Epstein, Mm. he's got a four-part documentary coming out soon by Lifetime as well, Mm. so I think Complex had tweeted it, and then I retweeted it, and I said to all you- Is it Epstein or is it Weinstein? No, it's Jeffrey Epstein, yeah, it's not on Harvey, although, were they friends, him and Harvey Weinstein? I don't even know. I think no, I don't think they were friends actually. Well, we don't know yet. Maybe mm. in the documentary it might reveal something. But um I think I retweeted saying to all you R. Kelly apologists, I hope you're happy now because what the rhetoric was before. Why why they going out? Where's the Weinstein? Black man? <laughs> well, it's because <laughs> the black man If you consider R. Kelly a true black man, because a black man to me is somebody who protects his community, not someone who goes out there and hurts the community that's been supporting him from day from Honey Love. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah? from vibe from yeah. those days, from before R. Kelly was, I can believe I can fly yeah. mainstream dude. It was young black girls like us, that were going out there, yep. queuing up in the cold outside friggin' HMV and Tower and Tower Man's Records Day. and all that, and buying, physically buying his music. Mm. But you've got the nerve to that, Where's Don't worry about Weinstein. Don't worry about Jeffrey Epstein. You understand? Worry mm. about the girls that have been attacked yeah. by this so-called black man, who you feel like is being mm. done hard by. Mm. No yeah Mm-mm. all right so I, I might take I might take those episodes in there yeah I it's might good from them. it's not it really I think it's good for people who there might be a young girl out there who oh let me watch this and Let's, might we'll learn something yeah and of, we'll re- start yeah. recognizing the signs. I know that um I remember I don't know how true this is though because I don't know if I believed her role in it, but um Andrea Kelly was talking about when she was on the show, talking about her experience like being married to him and how abusive he was to her. Mm. And that in her attempt to try and like sort herself out, she went on the website to try and find out about domestic violence. Yeah. So she went to like um a domestic violence site and they said there was a page that said these are the 20 um signs that will show you whether or not your partner is abusive. And she said out of the 20, there was only two things on there that Robert hadn't done to her. Wow. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's probably somebody out there, hopefully that is reading or what? Sorry, watching both seasons of Surviving R. Kelly and probably seeing all of the things that the you know the the lawyer and the the you know the psychologist and all of these experts are talking about, and might be like Jesus Christ, mm. because even though he's R. Kelly and he's big, big superstar, he's doing what a lot of men do in like families up and down the country, mm. like some dutty uncle somewhere, some nasty mm. neighbor or so blah, blah, blah. The only difference is, is that he's is, a superstar. Yeah, and the thing is, we call them the dusty uncle and the nasty neighbor, mm. but they don't present like that. This is it. You know, they so, present like butter wouldn't melt. Right, because it's normalized. It's like, oh, you know, you're supposed to have a certain amount of respect for that one because he's your uncle or yeah. he's your your godfather or just whatever title that I they want to fling out that, there. I you. Can you imagine? I won't no, no. That, so this is it. So yeah, so that's my thoughts on that. But yeah, give it a watch if you you want to okay so let's move on um last week we actually said we were going to talk about last episode rather yeah we said we were going to talk about on this subject which is kind of to do with like internet hate right chatting mess online and you it, it had started with you bringing up and us discussing um people who had said disparaging comments against, in the, in in that specific instance that we talked about, Tiana Taylor. Um, oh, right, and yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, saying that they look, they, you know, just saying horrible things about their looks. Mm. And... Um, I think us, somebody tweeted that they look like a Rockweiler. Yeah, Rockweilers. Yeah. Um, and then us talking about just how easy it was for some men to come for black women online just Mm. or in general and then us talking about the 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 commentary that ari lennox came online um herself i think she went on her own live and was talking and was it her that said Mm. or was it somebody that tweeted it and no it was her she said it why is that your but why is that your 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 speech. speech. Everyone's talking about free speech. Oh, it's free speech. speech. People are allowed to say what they want. And her thing is, particularly in regards to black men who have these thoughts about black women, is that why is this your speech? Why this specifically do you feed into? This is a narrative that's been created about black women that hasn't been... been, It it didn't originate from us. It came from, you know, obviously white supremacy comparing Mm. us to beasts and animals. But for some reason, historically, we've kind of jumped on that and used it Mm. against us. Like, look at somebody like Serena Williams from when she came onto the scene and her sister as well. Mm. Just them being on the court, the amount of kind of animalistic you know, your type of adjectives yeah. that have been used against them to describe how they Powerful move, they how they look, Ferocious. how physical they are, yeah. all of these things. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like they play sports. Like, what do you want them to do? Boop. Thank you very much. I'm not just 15, that. But, but, love. Boop. But, but both of them, both yeah. of them, I say, but in particular, actually, let me not differentiate. Let me just say both of them mm. are technically brilliant mm. So all of those people who were commentating on them within the sport, mm. those should have been the first things rolling off your tongue. Mm. Those girls were and are tech, like, mm. forget what. <laughs> actual techers. <laughs> like, actually, technically, mm. for the sport, in terms of service, all of that style, mm. uh, uh, shots, tape, all of that sort of stuff, technically brilliant mm. when you get to know but you just want to talk about powerful and ferocious. Mm. Why is that the language? Again, the question, why is that your speech? So, yes, I feel like as a community of people, forget, forget, um, you know, white supremacy for a moment. I just want to kind of focus on us. And I feel like we've got a lot of unpicking and unpacking to do. Because even like, you know, when we were discussing it off air, like, I, I think I said something that was... I know is ingrained in me and I had to correct myself because I said, said oh, Ari Lennox, she was she was going on a rant and you were like, no, let's not say that. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Mm -hmm. She wasn't ranting. She was actually stating it as a fact. And the fact that she said what she said and it made me think, actually, yeah, why is that our speech? Why do Mm -hmm. we kind of just lean on these things that are designed literally to damage us and then Mm -hmm. we jump on it? And we feed into the beast. So it's like mm. we keep. I don't understand why we do that. We really need to come out of this, this, this mindset, or come out of these, these things that don't serve us at mm. all. And you know, also there's another layer of it as well because where I was, where my mind went, was not just about this, the the actual speech. And as you said, like us feeding into things that have been. Created to damage and dehumanise us. But also the platform that people use. Mm. Like the very visible platform of social media. And the the almost fearlessness and the impunity people have in in spitting this stuff out. And you're just like, ooh. Like, you don't even realise that it's damaging And it's even more damaging when you disseminate it far and wide on these platforms. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not saying that it's better to say it in and amongst your your friends or in and amongst your boys or in and amongst your family home. Mm. But I'm saying that it, it surprises me. It trips me out even more that people don't have that kind of like, let me not say that right knowing right. that yeah, it's yeah. rude or knowing that it's at least hurtful let me not say it is kind of like yeah and I, I, i'm not just going to say it i'm going to type it boldly mm. and i'm i don't care if thousands hundreds thousands millions of people see this mm. and it goes further and further like there's no thought given to that i i honestly i find that So wild. And I think we've spoken about this before, just in terms of, again, comments on social media. When people will just come under a picture and just gang bang. uh, They'll just write a madness. And I'm just like... (laughs) Like, What? Some of this stuff, surely it could just be for the group chat. Even if you just Mm. send it to your friends and Mm. you're just like, what the hell? But people will just their whole face is on their twitter mm. their whole face is on their instagram you even go to their bio they be saying god first <laughs> everything is love love is love and they'll, they'll now write be some writing the nastiest yeah. comments mm. under there mm. and it makes you realize that that people have just been just just i don't know some some floodgate of mm. of hate has just been unleashed in people and they're just able to just do this and there's no thought to it. There's no thought on any kind of level of what does this say about me writing yeah. <laughs> this under there? Well, the thing is, people like tweet and they write messages like they're changing, like their opinion is going to change the world yeah. or that the person that you're attacking yeah. is suddenly going to be like, OK, because uh, you said so, I'll change my mind now. Yeah, Like, no, I don't know you from a can of paint. You can yeah. do one. Do you know what I mean? But it just like for me, I, I find it more disturbing when it's attacks against ourselves black men and black women yeah. coming from us in reg- with comments that i know we didn't actually create this narrative yeah, they're rooted in yeah someone else's hate you need to us. like unpack that and why you why did you oh i, I was just saying it in it like uh, like yeah. you're not just saying it for like it came from somewhere where did you get this idea from yeah where but but then this is You know, going again to the question that you posed and it's, you know, paraphrasing Ari Lennox, why is that your speech? The problem is, I think, because people just aren't thinking. Mm. People just, there's not that. Honestly, there needs to be, We're saying it about social media because we saw comments written and we see comments written on social media. And I was just about to say, there needs to be like some double, (laughs) double, (laughs) you know, like you write something, then it goes somewhere. And then you have to log into that before you can even (laughs) press post. That will give you time to think. But, you know, the reality is, I don't think that there's, I don't think that people apply Mm. their thoughts to what they're doing. And I think that's maybe what we need to start, start creating like a mm. reflection, like dudes, is this, is this what is this, how is you are really doing yeah present yourself out there? Is this mm. how you really want to be seen? Because as well as that, these things are permanent. Mm. That's another thing about social media that I'm just like, are you guys tripping here? Mm. You're going to be writing this. You're going to be seen as people are going to see it. And it's it's not going to get deleted. You're mm. not going in there later and you're taking it off. It's like, it's there for life. Is that? And you want to stand by that. That's a hill that you want to die on. I think that that's wild. Mm. Got a lot of unpicking unpacking to do, folks. Unpicking and unpacking, folks. <laughs> um, unpick, unpack. Okay, so let's, um, shall we just go on to mm. Shady Corner? You are um the And light. you are the light. Okay, so my shady corner is for Sarah Khan. And I back you on this all the way. This woman is mad, 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 mad. And this is why I really don't subscribe to this people of colour and BAME nonsense. Because when push comes to shove and when backs against the wall, certain groups aren't really backing it at all. And it's always down to black people to kind of be the ones that are like, let's, you know be the ones to speak about what's actually going on. Mm. So obviously, you know, she's a panelist on Loose Women. Mm. And I don't even watch this show. It was just on, I was like doing some paperwork. And you know, when something is playing in the background, you're like, what What? What did she just say? Mm. So it's, she was, was responding to this whole Harry and Meghan fiasco. Mm. And she really got on her soapbox to tell the entire nation that, oh, there's no racism out there. And, you know, I'm proud to be British and blah. And she just made it all about her and how she feels about being bra- being a, a British person <laughs> and a brown person. And that, you know, it's all nonsense. And that, you know, look at me, I'm doing so well. And Harry and Meghan should stay in Britain and fight out and be like the beacon that we all need. And like, I'm sorry, they don't need to stay here to put up with anybody's Claptrap. The people then be getting attacked for the past three weeks and they you want them to stay in an environment because it makes you feel good. Mm. And then she started bringing up, which is really bizarre. The first thing that was bizarre was that people keep comparing Meghan to Camilla Parker Bowles, forgetting how we were introduced to Camilla. And the reason why she got the backlash that she did Mm. is because she was literally having an affair with our um, future monarch, Prince Charles. That's why she, like, as far as I'm aware, Megan's not having an affair with no one. Mm. She's not sleeping with any um, underage children, but yet we have Prince Andrew, you know, running amok out there, but that's fine. Allegedly. And, allegedly. <laughs> and then um, the other thing that she brought up, she was like, oh, so, you know, right now, we um, we have a situation where white people are really scared to come forward and speak to the police about those Asian grooming gangs up in, um, is it Rochdale? Is that where their base? Yes, quite a few, but yeah. Yeah, and I just thought, what does that have to do with anything? I'm like, if you're so concerned about white girls being sexually assaulted, why, why have you never come f- forward before? Do you know yeah. how many, like, the, um, the convictions for paedophilia, pe- apparently it's like 90% white males that get convicted for it. So if you're really upset about it, you could have started this campaign long before um, the grooming gang thing even got... Um, reported, you don't care about them girls. Do you care about these white men that are going over to Gambia right now to um, assault these toddlers? You don't. But you're getting on your soapbox on loose women talking about how you're a brown person. And if it was you, you would have stayed here. And Shut your mouth, be quiet. She's just just tap dancing. Yeah, and there's a lot. Savage Javid, Amir Khan, which is really bizarre because the other day he was talking about I would be further in my career if I was white. Now all of a sudden there's no such thing as... There's no racism in the UK. Mm -hmm. Behave yourself. And the thing is, there's a common thread. I mean, there is a common thread in the ones that you've just named. But there are actual blacks that start doing all this Mm. dancing. And it's kind of like... um, one of the things, we at the moment, in the studio, we have two of, well, we got three of the Cut the Chat crew, because Ace is here, but we have two of the guys from Cut the Chat, Damon, hold tight, Damon, he's got the shavers, and Femi. <laughs> <laughs> um, <look good. laughs> and one of the things that Femi and I have spoken about are some people, and I, I don't want to name the people, but one of the conclusions that we came to about some people is that, mm. and, and I, I realised that this was the reason why they kind of irk me, is because they 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 want they want so much to be white adjacent mm. and white accepted that they do the dance all the time yeah. and that's what Saira khan that's what is, she did that's, that's what, she, what she's yeah. doing and she asked some other comedian who's asian like how do you feel about the asian grooming gangs you he, would never ask piers morgan how do you feel about white men like White paedophiles, white yeah. male paedophiles. You'd never do that. He, How do I you know think he you feels about it? You're stupid. He me offline, Gus Khan, and he actually he tweeted Salam um, something Salam which Salam. Um, we agree with, or I agree with at least, and he said we need to put people of intelligence and knowledge in public spaces when discussing racism, not people who have, and this is where he actually drew a card, <laughs> mm. not people who have their own baggage from personal choices that they've made in relation to their own to their own families. This is nuanced. It requires critical thinking, not Saira Khan, essentially. Mm. And I think he's absolutely right. 100% spot on. Because from what I saw her talking about, you know, I want to make the point that she's married to a white guy, but it seemed to me that she was doing the thing that pisses me off, essentially. It is when people of colour, and I hate that term, but I'm not Mm. talking about black people when I say that, just want to shuffle up, up to the whiteness and just be like, no, 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 I, you know, I agree. I'm I'm not going to let them hurt you. I'm not going to let these Mm. people say bad things about you. I'm going to say all kinds of BS to try and protect you because that's where their affiliation actually really lies. So the difficulty is she shouldn't even have been placed in that position as any kind of spokesperson of anything. But once again, it's all part of the same okie-dokie. Yeah. They're not really trying to Well, they to know have... who they're picking when they put them on honestly, these panels. So that's that's pretty much honestly, it. Honestly, that's that on that. If yeah. they really wanted to have an honest and enlightening discussion for their, you know, non-multiracial <laughs> audience, they would have people who are going to come and like talk some semblance of sense. But they didn't want that. They they know who they're picking. So when we see people like that, unfortunately they get a big platform, but mm. we just need to be like, you know what? She ain't speaking nah, for she us. She's not speaking for us. No she way. For no us. way. She's still I getting gunned all now on, on Twitter. Oh wow. And she's trying to defend it, but it's just not working. And oh, wow. even people from the Asian community are like, you do not, do not speak for me, which is great. And we actually if you consider yourself an ally, if if you consider yourself someone that's against um white supremacy, you'll be telling the likes of her just to be quiet. Just to be quiet. So, yeah, she's definitely in Shady Corner. Okay, so do you want to put anyone in the light? Um, Dr. Shola Moss. um, Did did we do her last week? Yeah, I feel like, oh, she's amazing. She's in the light all the time. Um, I think that is... I can't think of anyone that's done anything great, actually. I'll say Jamie Foxx, just because I just just love him. And he's been doing, like, amazing press runs at the moment, being Mm. very entertaining and just, like, yeah. He's a good storyteller. Yeah, super, like, gets it, like, okay, let me just give everything to everyone. So I've been enjoying watching his interviews and stuff. It's been great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so um, we're going to head out now back same time same place possibly next, next week yeah <laughs> ace possibly <be. laughs> he's like yeah, yeah yeah i'll be here possibly all right be guys the, um operative words all oh, right let's put lee in the light happy birthday lee do you enjoy yourself oh yeah yeah happy, happy birthday, belated lee. <laughs> What's why are you looking at me like that <laughs> okay all right we're gonna go now Wait folks no 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 let's pause was law there she messaged me though Okay, so ah! we're gonna be back yeah. next, next week, and we're dog. out. Ace, for stop. <laughs>